0: And wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.
1: Well, it was another tough weekend in Harrison, New Jersey for your boys in red as they fell 2-0 to the New York Red Bulls. We're going to be talking a lot uh, on the show about that game, but also kind of the state of where TFC are, especially with their young players, as a lot of you in hashtag TFC land had questions about that. Uh, Welcome to this week's episode of Toronto Till I Die. Uh, Mike Newell, I'm your host uh, for the show uh joined as always by Jeffrey P Nesker and Michael Singh guys how you doing this weekend my voice might sound a little rough uh Halifax was a good time um so I'll leave it at that <laughs> how are you guys
2: doing <laughs> how are the donairs did you get one
1: i d- actually did not get a donair this time around um i really stayed a- i stayed from uh, a really good jamaican spot a uh, shout out jamaican vibes out of cool. uh, cornwall street but yeah um no uh, how did you how was your weekend
2: pretty good
0: you was know i'm done? surviving yeah it was a weekend you know i'm still <laughs> here like, so i feel like with with like summer like you know things are opening back up obviously there's not as many restrictions it finally feels like a somewhat normal summer which means everything is just chaotic and busy if you're going going downtown going out anywhere but hey, not complaining it, it's good to be back it's it's good that uh we actually got a little bit of a cold cold front this weekend I don't know if you had that out there in Halifax Mike yeah but.
1: it was it was actually uh, it was beautiful um on uh Saturday and obviously for the uh the Wanderers Forge game yesterday um but it was not like 20 degrees and I barely hit 20 um each day but I'm not complaining. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's my kind um, of weather,
2: man. I, I I'm not looking forward to Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. It's be cold, but
1: don't worry, we're going to make up yeah. for it in the next week. But exactly. anyway, you're not here to listen to uh, the weather forecast. <laughs> They're not. By, uh, Wait, why? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know. Um, and uh, my personal musings on uh, the city of Halifax. Uh, we are though going to talk uh, about Saturday night. Um, and what can only be put down is kind of a disappointing performance um, against uh, the New York Red Bulls and Harrison. Uh, as I said off the top, a 2-0 loss. Um, we're going to get into a couple of things because uh, we – and thank you to uh, all the listeners out there. You guys have been sending us messages uh, both through the Toronto Till I Die uh, Twitter account, which if you're not following it – I don't know why you aren't. Uh, it's at <laughs> Toronto till I die on Twitter. Um, you also sent them through at the tunnel club. So thank you for that. And for those who listened on Saturday night um, at uh, TFC tunnel club, a couple of things we'll touch on today. Um, a lot of questions about the kids and whether this is working or not. So we will touch on that. We're also going to touch about transfers, rumors and who's coming in. Cause you guys have a ton of questions about that. Uh, given Saturday's performance, I can kind of understand that. Um, but First, I just want to get both of your sort of just thoughts on the game in general as a quick recap, um, just in terms of what you saw. Did anything sort of specifically concern you about the the, the performance? Uh, and then we'll go from there. So, uh, Mr. Nesk, I'm going to start with you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that game was over two minutes in. Uh, and, and 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 who but Lewis Morgan. I mean, the guy who who's who's be- we're his best friend. Right. We're padding his stats this year. So so. Uh yeah, I mean it was it was disheartening, it was frustrating. Uh but you know the 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 I guess the uh the rainbows are is that I never expected us to win in Harrison. So, you know, any any time we go there, I I'm, I'm always uh, bracing for a loss. Uh but that doesn't excuse the the poor performance on the field and I think that that's going to be what we talk about
0: most this week. I I felt like the game was was in the balance. I felt like you know, you mentioned TFC struggles at Harrison. What two wins from nineteen games now? It's yeah, very, it's very bad. bad. I think it's probably yeah. their their worst um, worst venue to go travel at. But uh, sure, okay, they fell behind quickly. What second minute of the game? Yeah, terrible, terrible marking off off a set piece there. But second, first end of the first half. I mean, they bossed the game. They controlled the game. They finally settled into their groove, and they had that Jaden Nelson half chance. Jesus Jimenez got slipped in. There were there were chances in that game for them to to draw level. Um, they they started the second half okay, like maybe not as not as lively as the end of the first. But again, I think I still think the game was was with was within reach at least. And then the second goal is gets conceded in really frustrating manner because you got to mm-hmm. give up Q who made a fantastic first save and then wasn't able to kind of handle the second save, a save which he probably... I mean, probably shouldn't have had to make the first save originally. I agree. Yep. Um, but anyways, it happens. And the frustrating part for me is that there was no life from TFC after that. The life got yep. sucked out of them with that second goal. And if you think back to... NYCFC earlier this year when they made it a 5-4 game, you got to remember like anything can happen in in any of these games. And let's say Jacob Schaffelberg, when he goes in and he finishes that breakaway in like the 70 something minute, I say TFC are still in that game. So Mm -hmm. it's just, for me, it was really disheartening the way that they finished the game. Um, But at the same time, that was a typical New York Red Bulls performance. That was a Red Bulls game in every every yep. single part. I think Access of Evil is saying here in the chat. Bad giveaways too. Yeah. I mean, you're always gonna have bad giveaways when you face the New York Red Bulls. It's just literally in their DNA. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's uh. I have a lot of thoughts on this, but we'll we'll get into it a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and I think you know um, I I kind of agree with you, Mike, in the sense I, when I say disappointing um performance it, the disappointing part for me is is that there was that yes okay we've talked and documented about this team really starting poorly in matches right mm-hmm. they just do not start games well and sometimes yeah. they don't even start second halves well so we, that's something we've covered quite a bit but i think what is disappointing is that it is the simple stuff right it's the ba- like marking on a set piece yeah, like Lewis Morgan winning a header in the box. Lewis Morgan should never be winning a header in the box when you've got the, the size of defenders you have in there. It just it shouldn't be
0: happening.
1: Exactly, um, and, and that's the it's a recurring point.
0: narrative, right? It's very a, much so. We, we can we can look at we can look at these instances and break them down individually. Okay, here's what happened. Yeah, yeah. But at a certain point, you have to start questioning. I think Shane O'Neill touched on this after the game. Is it a mentality thing with this team? because it's, again it just keeps happening and happening like yep. even dating back to last season i know it's in a different group but a lot of guys are not a lot of guys but some of the guys are still here um and maybe it's just it's a thing around major league soccer but obviously when you're zeroed into this team and it happens as often as it does you, you start to, to ask questions about whether or not this team is ready mm-hmm. to, to start matches because if it's not a goal then I think TFC are at least good for like giving up at least a good chance within the first five ten minutes of every match. absolutely it feels like every match, every match, one hundred percent.
1: Right, and I think that's where a lot of that frustration comes from from fans. Right, it's the it's it's not that it, it's not. That, I mean, look if you've been around this club long enough you have seen this team lose games in all sorts of ridiculous <laughs> manners but i think you are you realize that it's the same things that are happening kind of week after week and you're in the in the thing that i think people got sold on was this young team would grow they would they would evolve over this time period and then you get to January and then you get the senior players in and then you kind of kick on from there. And sometimes it just feels like those mistakes keep happening again and again. And you talk about mentality, Mike. So I want to segue into our first yeah. segment um and talk about, you know, are, are, are the TFC young players being set up for success right now in terms of look, look, we, we mentioned it last week that, you know, this team was on a four match and beat run both in the league and in the cup. Um, And, and so the results were kind of there at at this point, but again, the the performances didn't always mirror those results. Yeah. So, I mean, right now, are they being set up for long-term success by kind of constantly making these mistakes in games? And you kind of saw when Jade Nelson came off and IO Akinola was subbed off you know they were frustrated right it wasn't yeah. like i just i am coming off like it was frustration on their faces um, so are
2: are they being set up for success i mean it's mike you go first because i've got to, i've got to get my thoughts
0: in order i think on this one <laughs> <laughs> yes and no like it's it's kind of a double edged sword with this question because on the one hand they they're getting minutes under the belt they have they have never seen right? They're doing it in a fairly organized system here. They're learning to play soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, the, the right way, the way Bob Bradley wants to play. These reps, some of these instances, you learn from them. And I think even, especially against the New York Red Bulls, it's a, it's a game that's really physical. And mm-hmm. it really opens your eyes in terms of what the pace of this league is for a lot of players who haven't played in this league like not not to zero in on it but look at kosey thompson last game on on the right back right i felt like he, the way he started off the game like his decisions were were way too slow um he was man they were bullying him essentially on that at that right back spot but i felt there were also instances in that game where he did make right. He did step up his his level of fight, his level of battle. Made a couple of good plays to to break through the middle and and penetrate sort of that that press for TFC and get the goal the other way. So there is positives you can take away from it, but are they being set up for success? I guess it def- depends what you define success as. Like, are they being set up to yeah. win? No. Are they being set up to? to be better from from these types of of matches i guess we'll wait and see but i I believe so i believe that this will this will do them well it just i do question whether or not a lot of them have sort of plateaued and and kind of hit their hit their peak and are regressing at this point now
2: 100 this is this is the thing that keeps pinging around in my brain which is you know if you ask these academy kids or the hype machine around the the Jaden Nelsons and the kill Marshall Ruddies. They're all going to Liverpool. They're all playing, they're all starting in the Prem next year. But they can't hack it in MLS. So what, you know, there's this disconnect between the fantasy and the reality, right? And I don't know if the clubs kind of caught in that mindset as well, right? Because we are seeing regression. We are, you know, and again, if we if we're playing in a systems-based Environment with multiple reps, the kind of regression that we're seeing of basic principles of play. And again, it's difficult to judge on the back of a Red Bulls ba- game because it is an outlier. You're going to lose possession. They're going to tackle you. They're going to hack at your knees. Regardless, let, let's they're going you know, yeah. to yeah. bully you. Yeah, they're going to bully you. But but so is Real Madrid, right? When you're playing, you know, in the, in the Champions League versus uh, in in a semifinal. So there's this there's this impression. And and again, I don't want to say it because it, it, it just it feels mean. But there's an impression that you know we're 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 putting lipstick on a pig here, right? Because at a certain point, the cold light of reality has to shine through. And if the cold light of reality is that this crop of Academy kids aren't as good as we think they are, how long are we going to draw this out for, right? You know well, what I mean? Well, let's like before we get too carried away.
0: Sure. Guess, what's well, I mean, what's yeah. their al- yeah. what's their alternative? Well, right? I mean that, right now, that's an isn't entirely there different isn't one right now. Yeah, there it's, is it's a re- and, and It's a rebuilding year, right? I, the, there are many ways to skin a
2: cat, and and the, and we can't ignore that the choice was made to loan out our oro. The choice was made to you know abandon this and that and and clean house. We can't ignore that, right? So so sure we can lament the fact that 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 Daddy Bradley doesn't have the tools at his disposal that he would like. But I would say that that's probably fair game for 95% of managers out there in world football that they they don't ever get the team that they want. Right. Yeah.
1: So if I could, if I could didn't sort of ask, you know, sure you've got, you've got these young players. A lot of them went through the TFC two system and it was brought up on Saturday that the history of Toronto FC two, in terms of winning football, I know that's not necessarily the the whole point of Toronto FC two, but has not been good, right? Like they have never really been a team going out there and winning matches and things like that. Um, Really until last year, did they actually have any kind of monochrome of success? Sure. Um, So again, it's sort of my question is partly based on how the players are doing now at senior level, but I'm also kind of asking the question in their run up to then come to senior level, right? Are they, are they finding ways to teach winning to these guys? Because, you know, they go through the academy system. Okay, they do well in GA Cups and things like that. Um, sure. Then they get to TFC2. And again, I know that's not – the point isn't to go out and win MLS Next Pro or at the time go win USL League One. But does that sort of – some of these young players just don't know – they haven't learned how to win yet. And is that really your regression, no. right? Like that's kind of what I'm I'm wondering
2: I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily fair, Mike, because of TFC two bouncing around from you know USL one to USL two to now MLS Next Pro. Like they really haven't had solid footing. Uh, and then you factor in the Pando, so so and 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 the revolving door of coaching staff, and the fact that the team TFC two seems to be perpetually stuck in a feedback loop between are they a development team are they a reserve team are they just there so that bodies get minutes or or are they there to be competitive in whatever league they find themselves in so you know absolutely i think it's fair to say that that kind of lack of focus um can trickle down and 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 create bad habits so i don't i don't think you're off base here but i do think that you're not allowing enough for you know the organizational standpoint of tfc too right like they're playing in a stadium with seats that no one can go See oh. so you know that that kind of disorganization that kind of um you know lack of solid footing has to trickle down through the organization uh but is it is it the be all and end all i don't I don't think that's fair to say no no
0: here here's why it's off base. How many of these t f c first team players have actually spent time with t f c too a long period of time mm. Luca Petrasso. Not i mean yeah. Jaden really. You know, um, Rafa's yeah. not that much. Spring. There's to no more Subasa train. Endos. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, that yeah. I don't think that really phased any of them. Aside from maybe a Luca Petrasa, who has been TFC's brightest young player this season, in my opinion, sure. at least. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I, I I don't think that's. I think that's a little bit of a stretch, Um but I, I, I like the way the the gears are turning there, though. But I <laughs> I don't see that really. Really impacting in the way that I think you're alluding to there, Mike. Fair enough. I mean, no, no, just- I, I, I,
2: I can, I can see what Mike's saying. Listen, if you're, if you're going, you know, let's say you're working at Jiffy Burger, right? It, you know, you, there's a certain attitude that you know, but you're not working for Wahlburger. You're working for Jiffy Burger, so you know that you can, only, you don't have to give eighty percent because you know the person up there has limited power, veto power. And, and the, and, and you're playing in this like weird limbo of, of everything. So, so I do think that Mike is, has a point, you know, that, that the, the desire is to give a hundred percent and push, 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 but all around you is, 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 is so much conjecture and, 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 and undefined, and und- and undefinitive stuff that you realize you can start getting away with less. And then it becomes muscle memory, which we were discussing last week. You know what I mean? So, so I do, I do think that that uh a lot of Jiffy Burger fans in the chat. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing that. Sorry, big yeah. kahuna burger. I'll pick something completely out of fantasy. <laughs> but like but like, you know, you know what I mean? It just it I I do think that there's some meat on those bones that that it isn't as streamlined and as targeted an organization as it could be. And that's not, you know, that's neither here nor there. But as a consequence of that, I do think that there's some that there's something, there's something to Mike's point. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: and look, I, and it's not for me to necessarily, you know, slag TFC. That's not the but what really what I'm just asking is a lot of the MLS clubs that we're either trying to emulate in some ways in terms of our youth development, um, you, you know, they're finding their two teams having success, or those players are playing minutes and having success there and then making the jump. Or is it sure. some of our young players kind of just went from the academy and right to the senior team, or they may have, like Mike said, sort of had a sprinkling there, don't get any six, don't have a ton of success in terms of winning games, and then get to the senior team. And then we're kind of expecting, like, ah, oh, this person, you know, this young player is going to come in and burst on the scene. And like you said, sort of become the, the, the star of the team. When in fact, you may just be developing a lot of good, Role players in MLS, yep. right? And yep. there's nothing yep. wrong with that specifically. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I mean, I, I guess maybe it's around more a, a tempering expectations in terms of where what these players. Well, let
2: play me pick up let B. me put a let me put a question to you, Mike, and that's how important do you think a B team or reserve team is to a, to the A team?
1: My per- personally, I think there's there is a, there is a role to play, right? I, I think if if set up in a way that is meaningful. I think then you can produce players along the line. Again, you're probably re- producing more role players within your squad than necessarily yeah. superstar players, but there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, I don't because think I look at it, I don't,
2: think I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I look at, like, say, Barca B, right? Maybe 10 years ago, right? So that's a winning culture from La Masia all the way up to the senior team. But the guys that are earning minutes on, Bar- on Barca B. Are probably pretty bitter betties right because they're not getting to the first team they're they're, their career pathway sort of sort of stuck there so i'm wondering which is which is the better alternative right all these green kids that are super hungry or maybe some some role players that find that their career has been stagnated and they're stuck in a b squad and they're angry right so i you know what i mean like i just i i think that there's a lot of pratfalls with a with a b team um and 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 questions have to be asked absolutely but you know, we have to, we also have to judge it by the, by the age of the academy. And again, by how often the goalposts for what the academy and what Toronto F- and what TFC2 wants to be change. Right. And I don't, I don't think it's fair to put that on the players. Um, you know, they're sponges at that age, most of them. So they're only going to absorb what's coming to them. And and that could be a failing of the organization, but I don't know if there's a, if there's a, if there's a way around it, you know, because the other options are, you have a, a bunch of really talented people on your B team that are struggling to get through. And that creates an equally kind of toxic environment.
1: I would Fair think. enough. So let me take this conversation, maybe in a, a slightly different direction in terms mm-hmm. of something that got asked uh, or brought up on the tunnel club on Saturday, which was sort of, you know, that crust is behind you, Jeff, and it's like, well, what is Toronto FC, right? Like, what do Mm -hmm. we want as fans Toronto FC to be? Because there's sort of two trains of thought where we can be kind of this team that mixes in young players with senior players and can compete, um, or should we be a team that buys, essentially, sort of like a, a Bayern Munich, right? Goes out, buys players every season, doesn't really worry about using their academy to bolster their roster so i mean i guess the question is because there was a lot of questions about transfers who's coming in and who's gonna so the question is really what do we want toronto fc as a club to be do we want to be that big club or do we do we are we okay with because if we're gonna be okay with bringing in those kids then we're gonna have to live with a bit of what we saw saturday night mike i'll start with you yeah and
0: I'd say both. Yeah, um, I say both. So you want to? I admit, admit, then, Essentially, uh, admit, yeah, but that's that's the reality of Major League Soccer. You're in and the reality, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I won't interrupt. You're in a you're in a salary cap league, right? You have three designated player spots on your roster. So uh, you you don't have the ability to be a Bayern Munich where you're you're going on buying all these big name players, but at the same time, like. Don't overlook Byron's Academy either. Right? They have they oftentimes they bring through youngsters into their lineup, and heck, they're starting left back. He's he's pretty young, too. I know they bought him from Vancouver, but still they invested him at 17 years old, 18 years old. So this what we're what we're looking at right now, it's not fair to say that this is what TFC this is one version of TFC, a TFC just that just brings in young players because it's not. It's just, as Jeff said, skidding the cat. This is a rebuilding yeah, window yeah. of Toronto FC. It's not fair to say that this is Toronto FC because they don't they don't want that to be the case. And we as fans, we don't want that to be the case. And I just think the reality is it, it isn't the case. Sure, you know, I guess frustration is mounting. We're, we're at June. Yeah. Results haven't looked good. The teams are looking good worse almost uh, every game lately. But Mm -hmm. we need to take a step back, I think, as fans and realize that this is a rebuilding Toronto FC right now. And come the summertime, I think, is when we're going to start to see Bob Bradley's vision slowly start to implement.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to consistently stress that, even though we sound like broken records. And and we could probably end up with mud on our faces uh, as a consequence of being so... A uh, 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 stressing patients so much, but but you know the thing the thing that I wanted to stress is is you know what we're ignoring is the party line that we are in a hotbed of undiscovered soccer talent right here in the Greater Toronto area. There is all of these academies, there you know all of these different pathways that we can choose from, and there's a disconnect there because we're seeing the so-called cream of the crop. Not really hacking it in MLS, and we're looking for answers, right? And and that sort of, I I think is some of the is frustration here. But that fair but, to but I, Jeff, pardon? Like, well, well just
0: judge them during this rebuilding year. Can you honestly? No, it isn't. It, it off, isn't. But
2: life isn't. Life isn't fair, right? And and this is their chance to shine, and and they're not. They're really not, you know, shining. Unfortunately, but again, Jeff.
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was asked really quickly, and then uh, you so consider this in, you, in your response as well. But yeah. is this kind of too much too soon for them? Right, like in terms of the amount of minutes well, they're playing.
2: Let me finish my thought. They're I do not want Toronto FC to be a team that ignores the hotbed that we're supposedly sitting on. Right, that yeah. to me is 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 a deal breaker. We cannot. Like, I don't care if it's if it's buying X and Y, but to ignore, you know, when there are so many teams in MLS that are like sharing geographical locations where there's nothing. And apparently we're sitting on a hotbed to ignore that I think is a disservice to the mandate of our, of the club we love. Um, but you know, there also has to be a brutality that I think that we've, we keep dancing around and, and, you know, the, and again, I don't think that that, brutality, they need to bring out the gong for all the kids right now. Because to answer your question, I don't think, uh, uh, the, I agree with you, I think this is too much too soon. But, you know, that's me sitting in a, in a chair in in my man cave, right? I am not a professional footballer. I haven't been doing this since I was six to eight years old, right? I haven't been in this system for that long. There's a There's a problem. And I don't want us to ignore that problem, right? Like I I, 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 don't disagree with any of the any of the rationale behind too much, too soon, too many of them at the same time, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, ad infinitum. But when do we stop making excuses, right? When do we start looking at the picture that's directly in front of us and saying, "Okay, we've got a bunch of kids that maybe, just maybe, outside chance, they play better if we surround them with better players." Okay. Well, that kind of outside puts. Okay, a great chance. A great chance. But that means we've seen their ceiling, right? On mass, 19 years old. Hey,
0: I don't,
1: don't
2: know, know if you've seen, seen their please, ceiling. Please, please, this, please, please this is, I'm introducing this to, to create oh. the dialogue. And I, okay, I so be Mike, Mike, go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah. go ahead, Mike. It, the, the, like, you can't write any of these players off at 19 years old. You can't cut them off now, let's say, because you think through these 10 games that we haven't seen... Enough out of them that makes you believe they're gonna be MLS players. There's qualities okay. in each one of these kids that you don't disagree. That you have to like. Um and okay, not to pick on them again. You look at the right side of Toronto FC's pitch on on Saturday against the Red Bulls. Cosey Thompson was trying to keep possession with DeAndre Kerr. He's the closest guy to him in terms of that regard, including mm-hmm. Session, everyone knows the ball is being be played to Michael, so therefore, DeAndre has space opened up for him. You do you expect DeAndre Kerr and Cosy Thompson to do well at keeping the ball against a New York Red Bulls team press that literally bullies them? Like that, well,
1: the second goal came from a Kosey direct. Where yeah, he was where he was double teamed.
2: Yeah. So, so then, okay, so two questions, and before I get to the big one, because I want to ask Mike Sing a question. Um, then what were they doing out there? If everybody, if everybody and their mother knows that they're not going to going to perform capably, then what what were they doing out there, man? It's a you it's know? a learning
0: process, Jeff. It's, they're not trying to win every game right now,
2: right? That's a horrible that's a horrible realization for you know. Yeah, like, and that's a tough, and I think yeah. that's a tough thing, right? We're we're that's
1: preaching that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, we're preaching patience, um, and that's the right thing to be preaching right now, right? It is sure. But it's like I, I think as Toronto C fans right now, we have gotten used to a certain level of play. And, and we've watched Seattle game, win our
2: trophy. Yeah. yeah when you exactly. don't see
1: it. You kind of are just like, well, what the hell? Because you see other clubs around the league that we know we can compete with, both from a financial perspective, but also from a blue ring players perspective. And we're just, that's not happening right now. Of course, we're in a rebuilding year. Um, but I think that's where that frustration comes from. But I do yeah, agree yeah. somewhat with Mike's point. Like they are 19. They are going to make mistakes right now. They're Absolutely. supposed to make mistakes right now. That's the point. Like if if you don't put them on the pitch, you never learn what they can do. And you never learn how they are going to be able to react to certain situations. Like watching IO and Jaden come off. What are they like on, on Wednesday night, which we're going to t- touch on in a second in terms of sure. the Voyager's cup. But what is their response? Because I suspect that they will be back on the pitch Wednesday night, uh, mm-hmm, either in mm-hmm. the eleven or in the eighteen. Uh, but Mike, you you had a thought. Please finish it.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say I, I don't. Ex- I don't think it's reasonable to expect seven first year MLS pros let's say whatever. How many are in the starting eleven? Like four, five, six, a night. Yeah, I don't think it's reasonable to expect all of them right now to be ready for major league soccer. They're they're nineteen. I I, I don't disagree. So my question to you is, when does
2: that pendulum shift to? Okay, we found out.
0: What what does it take? Oh, I think a couple of years, Jeff, to to see what wow. some of these guys are. They're signed. They're signed to first team deals for a reason. Like James mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: looks That's way, fair.
0: way better of a player than he looked like two years ago when he was seventeen and he broke through. Right. Sure, he's not quite at the level. You know, I think many expect him to, but what's he going to look like in three years? Like, that's just one example. I think, you know, Kosey, I think Kosi's growing game by was the first time playing in major league soccer. I think it's great that he's getting this kind of experience, playing a bunch of different positions too. Luca Petrasso, same thing. So, mm-hmm. Hey, I think it's a victory for TFC. If half of these guys go on two thirds of these guys go on to be role players for Toronto FC some of them might go on to to go over, to kill marshority i think he's destined to go to europe eventually when he's ready and the team's ready for him to make that jump jayden nelson i think potentially he has a future in europe if sure. two years from now he, he grows into the player that i think we all can see but i think a lot of these guys are going to benefit from this because they're getting the reps now they're learning what the pace of major league soccer is and two years from now Heck, even later in this year when they're sprinkled alongside guys like Lorenzo and, and others that are going to come in. Okay, how, now how do you look? How do you look when you have a guy, an escape, and a realistic like, outlet to pass the ball that you sure. will be able to keep the ball? So that's, I guess that's where I am with, with some of this. Okay. A lot
2: hinges on the arrival of, uh, of number 24. I yeah, mean, and- a lot of people's destinies are going to be decided as to how well they play. With number 24, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's aware of the of the responsibility he carries. And it may be different because I, did he have to blood the youth at Napoli or was he or was he excluded from that kind of situation? Well, I mean, and I'm trying to say seg- I'm, I'm trying to segue here because we're getting a lot in the comments about how this we're not talking about the responsibility of the veterans on the squad with respect to blooding the youth on the squad. Okay, and, I so do, and I do think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's talk about that. And let's let's talk about it in the context of uh, Wednesday night's upcoming game in the Voyagers Cup um, against CF Montreal. Um, look, you're probably going to see a somewhat similar 11, I would suspect, just simply because of just bodies and who's available. Um, sure. you, you might see a little bit of rotation. But, I mean, in terms of a match, right, you know, it's not your season, obviously, but in the same way, this, could, this is a, a big match where – You know, if you can get a win out of this, this could be the thing that helps sort of turn the season for you, especially with the announcement of Lorenzo Insigne probably landing in Toronto on Friday, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, what? let's just talk about that in terms of, you know, I'm going to flip with some of the talking boys here just a little bit in terms of order, but... Sure. You know, can this be a springboard for the team? Can the veteran players and the senior players, you know, kind of drag uh the 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 young guys potentially to a cup another cup final uh on wednesday night
0: mikey yeah i i think it it could i think main reason is because they have something that's to play for um gives them motivation through the rest of the year right You, you have the cup final and you know another okay 2020 asterisk but this one would be a legitimate cup final something the team really hasn't hasn't felt in in a very long time. Um, not only that, you get past this game, and I think Lorenzo Insigne will be able to play in that cup final. Yep. There's, there's, as we talked about, there's reason for hope when when discussing this team, this Toronto FC team, and being a side like Montreal, who has been the premier Canadian side in Major League Soccer this season, I think it, it would bode well for sort of their confidence and give them that extra little lift as they get into kind of the, the end of this track here because yeah. we are so close yeah. to the summer transfer window.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's so fair for us to be this frustrated. And I think if we had asked ourselves this question at the beginning of the season, I probably would have guessed that we'd be at this point, just like ready to tear our, our hair out with, with the arrival of twenty-four. Because you know we saw we saw the moves taking place and we knew what we were in for. And 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 like Mike Singh is, is fond of saying, you know, that four game winning streak. Was such a disservice to all of our mindsets, and it caused a real existential panic in the fandom, and I think in 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 the locker room. Um, and and I guess my question is, and this and this is just coming to me right now, is this ideal for for Lorenzo's introduction? You know, like would we have preferred to be kind of on a course? Or is it is it good that we're sort of I mean I don't want to say rock bottom but is it good that we're in this place where he can bring so much to the equation as opposed to just a plug and play kind of situation are we are we maybe looking a gift horse in the
0: mouth right now No <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think I think I'd rather the, the former than the latter Okay TFC would rather be getting better and you know Lorenzo Insigne arriving at the right time and giving them that boost as opposed to to being where they are. They don't want to be faltering when Lorenzo gets here, I don't think.
2: Right, right. But I just mean in the grand scheme of things, nobody wants it. But I'm I'm saying, could this be a blessing in disguise? Because he gets to come in and do his thing and maybe be the savior and and since confidence is so important in in this in this sport that we love so much i mean what's going to give you more confidence than like arriving like napoleon you know what i mean and just conquering all well i think he was going to arrive
1: like that anyway right like whether they whether tfc were in a playoff spot or not right like from what is being talked about in terms of his arrival here, um, he is going to kind of arrive almost like a, a you know, a, a
2: Roman Napoli. Napoli, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, not Roman, but you know, but like yeah. in, in a sense that, look, I I think people are excited, and and that's right. But I, I mean, I also would say that you know this game is kind of lacking a little bit of buzz in terms of a Toronto Montreal yeah. match, right? Like I, I just I feel like right now there is a bit of disengagement, partly because of the results maybe a lot because of
2: the results. I think a lot because of the results. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I
1: I mean, you know, in terms of your question um, about the senior players, you know, in, in shouldering some of that responsibility, I think it's going to be key for them to really, again, take these young players and show them how they need to perform in a cup semifinal against Montreal. Because again, for a lot of these players that you've mentioned, this will be the first time they've played Montreal in a competitive match. They've been in the stands or have been ball kids, you know, yeah, fair. That's that very, very before. fair. But this is the first time they're stepping on in a Derby match. Yep. Um, and it will be incumbent on the senior players to really kind of uh, sort of pull, pull some of these players up and and, and get them going. I thought Jaden was actually really fairly good on Saturday, right? He had a chance to to level uh, the score with an amazing uh, shot that just skinned outside the post. So I, I kind of wonder again, from that perspective, can you kind of get the buzz back against the Montreal team that's been shut out in its last two matches? Is it necessarily coming on the hottest bit of form Missing right now?
2: their talisman, absolutely. Exactly, yeah. right? I mean, that, I that mean it better because then there's real, there's real problems in the hen house, right? Like, you know, I, I, I think I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. When you have two players in the same game getting subbed out, looking that frustrated, is that not a failing of the leadership on the field? because they're coming off or is that just them individually airing their grievances because we all know seba you know and his and his love affair with with stanchions and stuff like that while we were winning right sometimes players are just passionate and they don't want to be taken off but but on mass is that not a symptom of a bigger issue a lack of communication on field a lack of that that all for one aesthetic that we preach so desperately Am I reading too much into
1: um, it? I, I think it, it, I think it's frustration, right? Like I I like, you know, like these guys don't want to lose games. Like yeah, they're young guys, they don't want to lose games, right? Nobody wants to go out there right, and get right. handed 2-0, right? Like it's you know, so I, I you know, I think it's partly that just that frustration of you know, I think I think some most players are as frustrated as we are as fans, right? Like in terms was of that, performances.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me let me rephrase. Do you think that frustration was about their inability to do anything of of consequence on the pitch or their frustration was if only i had been left in for the for the next 15 minutes i would have put it all together because they're very different
0: attitudes right it can't go inside their heads like who, who knows and i, I don't think mm. we should you're he's, he's a striker would mm. you want your striker to be happy that he's getting taken off no i want my striker to be pissed he's getting taken off okay right yeah, no, that's disagree? fair.
2: No, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree yeah. with you. And but but you to me,
0: to too, same thing.
2: But to me, I don't know if it's that binary. Like if if it's if it's I'm getting taken off because I'm good, or I'm getting taken off because you know the rest of the team is garbage, and 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 I that that therefore uh, I yeah. couldn't. I don't you know?
1: think it's that. I really don't think it's that. I really think it's a, a situation of like, hey man, you 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 go, you work, you you try to implement a game plan and it doesn't go right and you're frustrated right like and I, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's part of it right and in 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 some ways that's okay now obviously if it becomes a a bigger issue down the road then of course you have to have that conversation I think mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. for 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 that game yeah I'm 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 kind of okay with it in a sense that look you yeah. do you don't want these guys coming off and you're down 2-0 and it's just like oh well you know
2: no, no. I, it's like my rock stars. I want my rock stars to believe they're messianic uh, prophets. I don't need them to be like well-adjusted people. And it's, I think it's the same, especially with strikers. It's just, you know, we're looking, we're looking for reasons to explain what's going on. And, uh, you know, th- that to me is one of them, right? Like everybody coming off and with a, with a big chip on their shoulder s- suggests a disunity. Uh, uh,
0: that I don't necessarily. That's exactly what I was gonna get to, Jeff. What I can say mm-hmm. from covering this theme on literally a daily basis, from talking to many to people within the organization, from talking to players, is there's a unity among this group that I, I haven't seen for a long time. My like, goodness, that sounds good. That a, sounds good
2: to these years, Michael Singh.
0: No, no, seriously, like everyone, when you Come talk, on. they're all they're all bought in on sort of what's happening here. They all understood that this. Stretch of games was going to be frustrating. It was going to take time for them to get to where they want to be. And yeah, sure, okay, they've taken a step back now, and I'm sure that pisses them off. Mm-hmm. And like, Listen, us here, you can tell there's frustration. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talking about it, and they 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 take that on more than anybody. These guys are the guys playing there. So I again, when cases like that happen, I I hope I hope there's frustration because it means they care, man. Truth, truth. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: That's a very, very, very fair point.
1: Yeah. And and, I, and and the one thing I think TFC fans are gonna kinda hope for is that they can take some of that frustration out of Montreal uh on Wednesday <laughs> night. So I, I'm gonna ask um, you know, I'm tr- I'm sort of t- trying to be the the podcast host and not the team Mike South and <laughs> he has been away to Montreal and been kicked around a little bit, but like mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of that game, uh, Mike, you know, you know, what are we? What do you think Montreal brings to the match? Because this is the first time we'll be seeing them uh, this year. You know, just in terms of their form uh, and, and Wilfred Nancy's team this year. Obviously, as you mentioned, they have been, you know, the best. I'm, grumble, grumble, the best Canadian side <laughs> in, in MLS. <laughs> But uh, you know what? Uh, what do you think we should be seeing uh, from from Montreal on Wednesday night?
0: Ah, they've they've easily been the best Canadian side. This is a team that's that's deeper than any Montreal team. I think I've we we've, we've come across to be completely honest with you. That used to be a team where We would have star names and build around those names, typical MLS formula. But they've gone away from that. They're investing in sort of sort of these role players that, sure, some of them are MLS veterans, but they're ones that were kind of undervalued by their club and they capitalized on that. You look at someone like yep. an Alistair Johnson, for example. Mm-hmm. Alistair Johnson is settling into his own with Montreal. We know how good he can be with the national team. Put him beside a Kamal Miller, Joel Waterman there. That's a that's a pretty good back three. Um, they won't have Mihaljevic for this game, which will be, as Jeff said, a, a pretty big loss for them. Mm, huge right? they have they have guys that are capable of stepping up and stepping into the game and well for Nancy it's second year in charge of Montreal and we're slowly starting to see his kind of vision come come to light you know they, they had a dismal end to their year last year missed the playoffs thanks to shout out to your guy Mike Josie yeah. Um and this year they started off they started off Little shaky, then they went through a really good stretch. And now they're coming into this game, having lost, I believe it is their last two or three games. Um and they didn't even score in in both of their last two games. So Yeah, they were shut out over the last it, two. Yep. I think they'll be hungry. Um okay, they're not in the best form, but anytime there's a Toronto Montreal matchup, you know that both sides are gonna be up for it. And if both sides are on their game on their day it's hard not to think that Montreal will emerge victorious. If yep. If both sides are on the game. That's a big if, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, Montreal is a wounded animal, but uh, we're an easy team to game plan around. I mean, just do what the Red Bulls did uh, over the weekend. You know, uh, just, just expose us on our right done. flank. Yeah. Always easier said than done, but, you know, I don't... I would rather be on the whiteboard it with Wilfred Nancy than on the whiteboard with Bob Bradley coming into this match, because I just think he's got more options. He's got, uh, more vulnerabilities, very, very easy vulnerabilities that he can exploit. Um, I think that, you know, this is a team in, in flux. This is a team in limbo. Uh, uh, you know what the consequence of the can chant means we've got to start just as many Canadians as we've been starting anyway, because we're so depleted and, and we won't have Oso. I mean, I, are we going to have Oso, or is he, oh, oh. Is he? Hey,
1: okay, I'll wait,
2: I'll wait. Hold I'll on. Wait, hang on. I'll hang
1: wait. on for the next segment. We got the notebook. Coming, yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's Sorry. I'm, skip, I'm
2: skipping ahead. <laughs> um, I, I think, I think it will be uh, a typical derby match. And I, and I do think that, you know, like Mike said, uh, I think Wilford Nancy is a brilliant tactician. And I think, as a consequence of him of his tactical noose, he's going to see the holes that he can exploit, and it's up to us to plug those holes. And we haven't done a very good job of that so far. So, so we may see the same the same issues with, that have been plaguing this side in terms of, of, of why we lose games uh, manifest on Wednesday.
0: And one one player I just want to highlight here, um, and I think will be the danger man for Montreal is, of course guy has been informed for them lately and that's Romo Kyoto. Yeah. And in advanced national team guys, they got a they got a to face Kyoto. Um was it last week that they played? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously for Honduras. Uh I believe Kyoto has has five goals this season, but more so it's it's about his threat in behind. And we've seen TFC kinda get burned on that a couple of times already this year where they don't s- stick with the runner, track the runner and Kyoto excels at making those runs behind. So I think if they limit the threat of Kyoto, I think they have they have a good chance here of, of pulling away with the result but again that's that's an if yeah.
1: well, I just want you know cup games sometimes can be a boon um, when mm-hmm. you're when you when you're not playing well because it is a one-off in a sense and it's a way and especially with a derby it may give you a little bit more freedom to to be a little bit more aggressive in the sense that you know, you can kind of really kind of give her in this kind of game, and for lack of a better term, um, you know, for, in this match, right? And and, and you mm-hmm. kind of have a license to to be a little bit more aggressive and be a little bit more physical because it is a derby, right? And yep. and from that, that that might actually benefit Toronto FC in a weird way because normally, again, we want to possess the ball. We want to play nice football. You know, we mm-hmm. want to play that broad Bradley system, but it may – benefit you a bit to to get a little bit up in their face and, and maybe make Montreal a little more uncomfortable in terms of the way they want to play because they also want to play you know football they want to keep the ball on the ground and play yep so maybe yep. It, it's it's a benefit to maybe switch it around a little bit um and, and get a little bit in their face in that regard Mike for, think you're, you're, all...
0: you're chomping to get oh, in here Mike go ahead Mike no no no, no 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 right. sorry I was I was just really enjoying my water, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you had that look
2: on your face. Jeff, go ahead. Sorry, man. I mean, for for all his pluses, I don't think Bob Bradley is capable of that kind of a switch, even in a cup game. You know, go for broke, 11 forwards kind of thing. It's just not in his DNA. I would be very surprised to see it. And this is not a knock against him. It's one of the reasons that I loved the hire so much, is that he's such a systems guy. And I think it's something that TFC is needed because we've been we've been like uh, the dogging up, you know, like squirrel, squirrel, you know, w- winger, let's get a winger here. And and I think that stability, despite the fact that we're all, you know, crying about the early results of, of this path to stability, uh, was just the thing, was just the ticket. So um, as nice as it, I'd like to see a slugfest, I do think that it will be, uh, you know, the same old, same old, because that's the that's the coach slash sporting director that we've 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 uh attached our wagon to right absolutely absolutely
1: okay well um I personally I I just I just want I just want batter them. I mean that's just how I that's how I am in Montreal (laughs) of course uh, it's gonna be so uh, damn
2: hot I don't want to be sweating (laughs) and sweating I want to be yeah exactly
1: um you know again I have my own reasons uh for that and it does involve uh, a match in 2015. What you got jumped in that in the field. But again, that's another There's story ch- for another day. Um, all right. Uh, I want to introduce a new segment, kind of a new old segment. Uh, you guys have done the Michael Singh notebook or like Michael Singh injury report, but I'm now oh, automating yeah. it into the notebook. Um, and obviously a lot of questions this week came in for Michael to specifically talk about transfers and the potential window that's opening up. Uh so I would be remiss if I did not go there, did not talk about it, and did not ask the question. So they would
2: flay us alive in the chat. Would, man. I would yeah. I
1: would never hear the end of it. So uh Mikey, here we go. The transfer window opens in about two weeks. Uh July 7th, I believe officially is when the window opens until August the eighth, I think. I think it's it's a month essentially that it's open mm-hmm. for. Um, you know, we know obviously we've talked about Insignia. he arrives on Friday. You know, they're, they're saying 624 and they're not saying his name for various reasons. We know it's him. So uh, outside of him, though, um, you know, who you, you've mentioned um, in other on, on the parlay um, that, you know, Crescito is coming uh, to Toronto See That is happening. Um, but we've also heard that it could be up to two more players potentially joining those two. Um, there's rumors out there. Hugo Gonzalez as a goalkeeper. I'm not sure I buy that so much um There is a the, the Balaki thing never goes away. Never went uh, away. It's just, ne- it just yeah. it never seems to go away. um You know, there's been Bernadeski sightings apparently downtown Toronto. Junior Hoylet's name is now out there. Thanks, Julian De Guzman. This it. weekend, let's do it. I don't think he meant to miss necessarily make it a rumor, but I mean, of all people, why is Julian De Guzman talking about this in a pregame show? Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. So. You know, maybe if you can, and, and based on sort of what you can share, maybe pull back the curtain for the listeners. What is this transfer? What are you anticipating this transfer looking like uh, for Toronto FC? Yeah,
0: it's a. It's been a long time coming. Obviously, I think everyone's been waiting for this window to start open. As we've kind of touched on this this entire show, we can't wait to get to July. Mm-hmm. Uh, so i uh, I sat down with Bill Manning last week. And what I was able to get out of, out of him is that there will indeed be three players in, plus Insigne joining Toronto FC uh, this summer. Uh, the plan was originally to always do two plus Insigne. Um, and it seems like the way that the cap has just worked out for them, they'll, they'll be able to do three plus Insigne, which is which is great to hear. Uh, mm mm-hmm prosciutto i will be one of those players so we're and down to two i guess without giving giving too much away i gotta you guys gotta keep reading my stuff so i can't give all of it away <laughs> um i on the parlay by the way the mm-hmm. bloody stuff i've tried to pour cold water on since the day it emerged um that's not that's not happening. agent shenanigans yep mm-hmm. that's that's not happening um but what I can say is Julian de Goosman is talking about Junior Hoylett for a reason. Um we know
2: goosebumps. Yeah,
0: it. We know that junior hoylett um has voiced his desire to return home. Branton, Ontario native. He he wants to come play in major league soccer, and what I'm told is while the deal isn't done yet. The interest is mutual between the two parties. I turn there, there is, there is interest from Toronto FC to kind of find a way to sort of make that happen. Now, that being said, for there are times where, okay, it just doesn't work under the salary cap. Maybe Junior Hoylett's asking for DP money or, you know, high mm-hmm. allocation. TFC simply can't afford that with, with who else they're bringing in. So, again, deal's not done yet, but I do believe that there is interest for, from both parties. So, that's that's all I'll say there in terms of the transfer stuff you're gonna I'll also add it is that they're they're really close to, to finalizing all of their transfers so um yeah stay tuned for for some exciting news from for that is
2: that is exciting news I mean he he's got such a vicious shot my man JH and he can shoot with real power outside the box this is this is good Do you know what I mean someone that can pepper the net. And doesn't necessarily have to do the tricksy kind of interplay stuff that can sort of take take an attack on his back and and make magic. Uh, You know, as much as I as much as I stress against individual brilliance, this is Junior Hoylet we're talking about here. You get a season, (laughs) your love uh, season half, well known, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Axis of Evil is asking a, a question that I think we should probably also address which is is it possible that tfc is also shipping players out this window
0: who who would who would be that be i guess is my question they ship everybody out like before the start of the season like who do you have left that'll to legit i mean obviously
2: obviously axis has got has got their soteldo in mind like the crosshair is just like you know one specific player that they don't want anymore um, <laughs> and somebody else just pulled in Carlos Salcedo. Uh, that would be, I mean, that would be pretty, pretty stupid to, uh, to do. I think once you, yeah, sign I, don't, him, I you, yeah, if you him signed for him for
1: at least six months, right? Like, so yeah. I, I don't know, yeah. I don't know if he could be moved anyway.
2: Plus, this is MLS. I mean, I don't, I, I, I think three players is is the Christmas that we're uh, that we're that we're, we're due, and and anything above that is just getting greedy.
0: Wouldn't you agree, Mike? Yeah. Saying. Yeah. The, well, the yeah, the one thing that I'd say is, is I wrote about pause last week and I still think this this holds true i I don't believe he's a Bob Bradley type of player, and I think if the right move did come up, I see a lot of people asking in the chat I, I think they would be open to making that move again i I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not that's not speaking to anybody inside the club about that. That's just my intuition, my knack that the I believe there would be something there if the right deal presented itself. But at the same time, when I spoke to Manning last week, he did say Pozzuolo would be a big part of the team's playoff push, um, come the second half of the season. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're, they're holding out for what we're holding out for, which is that magic connection and perfect chemistry. And, and it papers over all cracks, and and you have to you have to at least give it a chance. you know what I mean? Before before you throw the baby out. With well,
1: I bath mean, I water. think I think if you if you do, and again, we're kind of in dream scenario football manager mode right now, uh, going into July, right? If you can have Insigne, Pozuelo, Junior Hoyle, and Jesus Jimenez up top um, in some combination of four, with those guys playing off each other then I think you got something cooking, right? And then you can bring Mm -hmm. Jaden off the bench and you can, and maybe, you know, with a Crescito, you can, because he can play right back as I believe, then, you know, he, he, you know, that's an opportunity to maybe push JMR, up to a wing spot, um, you know, either coming off the bench or starting the odd game, right? Um, because yeah. Junior Hoylett does have a history of injuries as well. So sure does. Um, so from that perspective, uh, I mean, I think that's exciting for Toronto FC fans. You know that the club is trying to bolster the squad going into a critical month. I mean, I, I think from um, you know, I think TFC is probably looking at a Seattle, which we mentioned all the time, as sort of that model that you kind of want to, to build off in terms of trying to become a successful club yep. in this league. And Seattle, a lot of times, don't make their runs until July. No, it's they're they're famous that, for that. Right? And they're now, famous course, for the, that. The season's a little bit compressed, a bit different. It's ending a little sooner because of the World Cup. But, you know, if you can get these guys together and if they can click, you know, you may have an exciting run in. We may be in sort of a sort of baseball pennant kind of race to the yeah, end. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So get in. Absolutely. Absolutely, the 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 Eastern Conference and the Western Conference are very wacky in MLS this year. Uh, You know, Seattle is pretty far down on the table. They're they're middling in the in the mid of the Western Conference uh, table. There's nothing to suggest that we can't do a run. We we you know all of us 2019 is pretty fresh in all of our in all of our memories. Right, that improbable run to MLS Cup. There is absolutely nothing to suggest that that can't ever happen again because it was so surprising in the first place. but yeah, yeah, it's it's nice to see that there, there are some moves. It's nice to see uh you know, if you haven't read Mike's uh interviews one on one with Manning, you really should because it's quite insightful and, and you oh, know, God, our, our... God, got got some
0: more bombs bombs amazing.
1: Let me just ask you a couple of things more from the notebook, Mike, if I can. Yeah, um, please sure. first of all, just training last week. Obviously, you haven't been to training this week, um, but uh because I don't train until starting tomorrow, but um you know what any interesting tidbits out of training that you can share I know Jonathan Osorio we were talking about whether he'd be available for Wednesday night um you know anything from a from a potential players returning perspective or anything interesting out of training that uh, you can share
0: yeah no it was great um getting back out there last week after the international break and we saw some familiar faces back into the mix and back into training I think uh well, Jaquiel obviously came on and played, so it was yeah, great to yeah. see Jaquiel back. He's He's been back in, in training for a while. Chris Mavinga, um, he was training it on his own at the beginning of last week, but I think by the end of last week, he was progressing uh, really, really well. Uh, I think there's a possibility that we do see Mavinga back on Wednesday. I think he's, he's very, very close. If not Wednesday, then probably on the weekend. And I think okay. the same thing for uh, Jonathan Osorio. There is a chance that Ozo does return Wednesday, but... Again, if not Wednesday, then I probably anticipate uh, over the weekend. So yeah, you, man, this team without Ozo is yeah, is completely not. different. Like we saw Pause playing as a number eight um, against the Red Bulls, and that's not. That no, where you want him playing? Nope. <laughs> that's no, not, probably not where you want him playing, right? So uh, yeah, it's it. it, it you know they're getting healthier which is great they, they got a really busy stretch coming up i believe it's now four games and perhaps something like 10 Perfect days timing. or something like that, days um so yeah it's going to be really busy and they need to get some bodies back into the mix the only one who's not training whatsoever is noble Akello, who right right i, I missed that week i was i was on vacation so i actually don't know exactly what's wrong with him i think it's something lower body but he hasn't really trained at all uh, since being injured. I think he's still a ways away.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. Um, my last question here for The Notebook was going to be about interviewing talking to Bob Bradley, but I'm actually going to scratch that and change it to Bill Manning because obviously we're, we, we definitely want to hype up your piece um, in your interview with Bill. So what is it like interviewing Bill Manning? Because obviously you know, we've all seen pressers with Bill, you know, I you know I've had conversations with Bill before. You know, he is definitely uh, a, you know a, a forward-thinking guy in terms of how he wants his club to be, and he's definitely passionate about that. So, what was it just like interviewing him and and sort of the 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 general tone and feel he has for the club right now in terms of its current position?
0: Great question. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a great question. And I'll start by saying like Bill's super generous with with his time. Um, it's not always the easiest to get. To get interviews with them but when when i sat down with him it was uh it was almost a 40 minute chat and it was almost like like fast money jeff where we went through topic mm-hmm. after topic after topic I, I mean I we, we, i've interviewed him yeah remember yeah yeah oh, i remember jeff <laughs> 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 yeah anyway, it was almost through. like fast money yeah, I think I went through like ten topics um, with him, uh, ranging from the Apple TV partnership to you know contracts that are coming up to Jaquil Marzuruti and and actually plenty more that are really interesting. And I'm hoping to uh, I get guess get these out over the next two weeks. Jeff, what are you writing down there? Are you taking notes? I'm writing. I'm, I'm writing,
2: writing down, down that I definitely want to talk about the Apple TV deal the next uh, next Monday. I definitely want to do oh, a baby. segment on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs>
0: um but yeah, it was like he is when chatting with him, he is he's pretty straightforward with with what he says. He's pretty honest, pretty transparent. You don't ne- necessarily see that from a lot of a lot of owners. Um so I appreciate that so much because he's obviously well trained in terms of speaking to the media, but he's also he understands like what you're asking and, and, you know, he understands that you might need a quote or two to kind of really, yep. really sell that story. And he's not afraid to give it. Um, so I really appreciate um, his just transparency when, when chatting back and forth with him. and, hey, man, like, you guys have all chatted with Bill, you know, Bill's a very personable guy and that's very. exactly what I got from the interview. So yeah, in terms of where he believes the club is, I think, like he mentioned it is a rebuilding year. Um when I asked him is is this team gonna contend this season, he said essentially let's let's wait and see what what it looks like when Lorenzo and others get here, how the team yeah. will mesh move forward, because it's impossible to say, but they're not ruling it out of the equation. That being said, you know, I think really the plan is for come twenty twenty-three. I had to think about what year we're in but yeah come 2023 yeah. this team is really gonna start to take off the way that they wanted to 2022 i get the sense that they're still kind of playing with house money yep. in terms of what exactly this will look like but 2023 i mean i i think this is that's when fans should really start to get excited because they'll have sort of that vision kind of get into place and you said that the plan is for them to be better <laughs> Better this year than <laughs> next year than they are this year. You would hope.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, you would hope. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, Mike. Thanks so much. Uh, you know, that's a, a segment I'd like to keep recurring to do because I think a lot of people are interested in sort of this idea of like, you know, who, we, what's happening around the ground and the personalities that are that are within the club. Uh, 100%. I think it was great to, to touch on that. Um, all right, we'll close it out uh, this week with our three burning questions of the week. We really kind of went through two of them. The the, the you guys really hit us up a lot um, in regards to to transfer stuff and also the young players. Um, so we hit those up, but we did get a few in that were that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, so let's go through these uh, sort of rapid fire style guys, and then we'll uh, we'll close out the show. Um, Sounds good. But we just got the stadium renderings uh, for BMO Field uh, in terms of well, if you haven't heard, Toronto will be hosting games at the twenty twenty six World Cup. Um, we got the renderings. I got my thoughts on them, but I'm going to let you guys jump in here. Um, the stadium renderings, do you like them or you hate them? If you have seen them yet.
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen them. I, I like them. I mean, it'd be nice if we can finally close off the corners of the stadium. And I think that would take it to really the next level, but I might be in the minority here. I, I think Beamle Field's one of the nicest stadiums in major league soccer. Um, I love
2: BMO Field. I don't disagree with you.
0: Right, and getting that sort of expansion is is exciting. And I'd have to see um, more. I don't think the rendering showed you quite enough of what the concourse would look like, or, or any other you know intricate details that you appreciate when you get to the stadium. But. I think it's 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 bound to happen eventually where we see this expand with the direction that soccer is is heading in this country
2: yeah i actually haven't seen the rendering so i'm not going to pretend that i did um i assume i'm i'm assuming that it's you know a more permanent looking uh, uh, variation on kind of what they did for MLS Cup 2016 and MLS Cup 2017, because where else are you going to go unless you build another stadium upside down on top of BMO Field? So, you know, it, no, there's nothing surprising there. My concerns are always about the infrastructure around BMO. If you're going to be adding, you know, another 15, 20,000, uh, butts and seats or or whatever the number is, you know what are you doing about that tunnel into Liberty Village because someone's gonna die there sooner rather than later, and that's a that that's a serious need that FIFA probably doesn't care about, which you know the city has to has to plan around so so for me it it you know whether the north end again, this is all temporary because the Argos have to move back in, but you know for me, what it looks like in terms of the temporary Renovations, especially considering that there's a four year runway, so who knows what what the technology is going to be with, uh, you know, t- temporary seating in, in four years. Uh, uh, my my issues are about the infrastructure. Um, yeah, fair enough. Okay, um, I'm not a huge
1: fan of them right now. I would like the corners to be to be closed in um, and, and finished out, um, and in the way that they sort of proposed. Um, the seating above the south end is it does speak to what they did in the, in the two cup finals, but yeah, yeah, doesn't make a ton of sense because the canopy is not raised in it.
2: And then, I mean, you know, then you get into the to the NIMBY stuff, which is like, oh, we lose that beautiful view of the lakeshore, which, you know, you're going to because you got to find a way to get to get more seating in right but us us traditionalists are like oh, no what about our what about our wind you know and and breezings and stuff like that so it, again it, it's a rendering i i think Owing to technology, it'll it'll probably look completely different than what those renderings uh, set up. <laughs> yeah, to do anyway, most right? um, Yeah, most likely.
1: And if you if you actually look on that sh- uh, shot of the south and you expand the picture, you might find yourself in there. Somebody pointed out that there's a picture of me somewhere in there, which I have no oh, wow seen yet. Um, amazing. Yeah, so you might you might actually if you go in there and, and expand the picture, you might listeners out there might find yourself. Uh, in that I, venue.
2: I, I'm looking for Jar Jar. There's always Jar Jar. In one of them, in those <laughs> somewhere, somewhere there's a Jar Jar.
1: Out. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All right. So I had a question here. It was going to be about young players, but I feel like we have kind of exhausted questions on young players. I think we we've sort of gone down that route, uh, quite a bit in the show. So I'm going to skip to this one. And again, this will be subjective, but here it is. Do we, as fans of this club, have realistic expectations of what toronto fc really is this season
2: absolutely not <laughs> jeff go it's like go ahead <laughs> absolutely not i mean and that's and that's i mean how's that a surprise right like we want we want to win we want to be competitive we don't like uh, egg on our face we don't like you know anything especially this fan base anything that even reminds us of 27 2007 to 2015 you know is it gives us hives right so uh we are and also it's a toronto thing right you know the only team that gets this like this this free pass for being mediocre are the maple Leafs. every other team has to you know uh uh put up or shut up and uh and TFC, I think, as as a as a second generation Toronto sports franchise, has it has it doubly so. Um, and you know, these fans, we've been through a lot. We've been through a pandemic together. We've been. What's wrong? Why are you all laughing so much?
0: I, I, the Maple Leafs slander was just uncalled for, man. Sorry, buddy.
2: I'm just saying. Uh, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we we you know, it our patience is thin for myriad reasons, right? Like you know, this team were in the MLS Cup final in 2019 and then and then you know the pando changes all of our lives and it and it changes this team in a profound way so so we are justly impatient i think
0: well here's here's my take on it i i don't think the team through the first part of the season really did themselves any favors um in terms of lowering and tempering those expectations and sure that that four game stretch where they looked really good and and pulled out some victories didn't help as well but even covering this team on a daily basis the first time i heard the words rebuilding uttered Mm -hmm. was when i spoke to bill manning it's never been that Black and white, concrete. Mike stupid. Mike Newell's
2: fond of saying that they they never use that word at all. They they t-
1: to try to shy away from it, but this is kind of the first inkling yeah. that they are starting to use the word.
0: No, right, and then you couple that with Insigne coming, and the amount of allocation money that this team appeared to to build up here, and obviously the history of this club and saying that we wanted to go down and get every trophy, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I don't think they did themselves any favors without coming out right away and saying we are going to be rebuilding um, this year. That being said, of course, there's a commercial aspect to that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. At the same time, what happens if come July July 9th, they start to look like one of the best teams in MLS. Then it's like, okay, did you really mean to do this, I guess? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't think they did themselves any favors, but I also I appreciate the kind of tough position that they were in in terms of from a marketing standpoint, commercial standpoint, you definitely don't want to take that air out of the dressing room and, and say yep. that this is what we expect to, you know, maybe not win as much this year. This is going to be a retooling year. Just watch us in 2022. They said yeah. shit that, but they never came out and said that, which led to sort of the confusion here, especially with Insignia coming, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, like I I won't belabor the point too much because it, it, we did talk about it on the Tunnel Club on Saturday. But, mm-hmm. you know, I agree with you, but like they, honesty with the fan base would have probably served them better in a sense that, you know, I don't think you would have, you'd have frustration, but I think people would better understand the pro- what, what the full process is like we're seeing it now unfold but yeah. going into the season if we were saying hey look this we're rebuilding yes we're jettisoning jettisoning a lot of senior players here and we are mm-hmm. going to bring a lot of these young players that we have been hyping and talking about for years right this sort of class of i think it was the '06s that they or yep. or, or, or i can't remember what year um but they've been talking about that group for a long time and that included Jaden and you know, Jaquil and Ralph, and right, like to get these guys to the senior team. So, it, I, I think if that word would be used, yes, from a commercial perspective, I understand that. Um, but I think you would have a lot more patience um, yeah. from the fan base right now, especially Absolutely.
0: because like you, you, Mike, me, Jeff, me, like the guys who are in it and see kind of the moves that transpired and and see who's coming up through the roster. We can. We, I mean, there are times where, we, you know, maybe we don't, but we can understand for the most part that this is, this is, you're, you're going to have to be patient through the first part of this year. Um, yep. It wasn't like really, they went through a really bad stretch where Bob Bradley came in and started saying that more often about how this is, you know, you're going to require patience and and whatnot. It's going to be a really tough, he loves to use the word hard work. Um, and that's essentially the, I made mean, Bradleyism. is a, Yep. You have to, yeah exactly you have to fans are gonna have to be a little bit patient um with this team to get to see where it gets to but uh but yeah probably would have served them a little bit better that transparency with the general fan base because we still see people all the time commenting about why, t- why are toronto see so bad what's going on with this team yeah yeah
1: they're mm-hmm. no, not you yeah not used to uh well if you've been again, if you've been around long enough, there was a period where we seemed to rebuild every single year with a brand new team every single yep. year. Um, yep. So uh, it just—it's been a while uh, since it's kind of been like that. Um, exactly. All right, final final uh, burning question of the week: Are we in a cup final after Wednesday night? Yes or no?
0: It's at home, in the Field. Chalk it up. Give me a yes.
1: Let's go. Ooh, what, 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 you know what? What? are uh, from the parlays perspective?
0: Uh, like what, are the
1: <laughs> what, are, what are we? What, what are we putting down uh, in terms of the line? Good
0: question. I actually haven't even looked at the line. Let me pull it okay. up quick. Jeff, go yeah. ahead.
1: Are we, uh, But while he's doing that, where are we? Uh, uh, I believe,
2: Neo. I believe. I think we're gonna win. Uh, if only because that's the kind of wackiness this season promises. And I think against York all. United yeah yeah i think against all odds we're gonna we're gonna beat montreal um simply because it's tfc versus montreal and i think that that will bring out the the scrappiness that we've been
0: missing uh for a little bit fair enough all right uh you'll well, uh, kind of plays into that too mike because tfc haven't won on, on the road this season at all mm-hmm. um but they're actually not that bad at home. I don't have the record off the top of my top of my no, head they, but. They, they're
1: pretty good and they score the majority of their goals at home. Yes. Yeah. So from from that perspective, um uh, it'll be tough. I could actually see it going to penalties, um, which is not uh our favorite word. But nope. the, the the penalty the penalty curse has been broken um right here in Hamilton, so uh you know from that perspective uh, we'll see how that goes but uh i would prefer it not to go to penalties please uh, i don't want to do <laughs> that again uh but uh yeah i i could potentially see this going to penalties um but uh a cup final would be nice uh and then uh you know maybe we're playing a cup final at york line stadium uh which would be
0: wild
2: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> madness
1: that'd absolutely. be fabulous do you
2: have the line there mike or no
0: no, it's a tough one to find. Canadian championship games are, uh, yeah, no are not up. under the regular MLS. So, uh,
2: Brad Humber gave us TFC at plus one seventy five and Montreal at plus
0: one twenty. Oh, okay, yeah. so TFC, yeah. nice. Appreciate that, Brad. Uh, TFC are underdogs at home, which I think is probably expected. Yeah, I think that
1: that's expected. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. uh, so all right.
0: You um. a bold prediction in the chat saying he predicts TFC will not have a clean sheet. Wow. <laughs> the counter continues. Wow. So, is what you're saying? The <laughs> clock,
1: the, cl- the counter is going to continue. That's probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mm-hmm. think they would put odds on that. Anyway, they would not no, put no. odds on, on that. Um, no, sir. Okay, perfect. Well, uh, I think that's, we'll wrap it up here, guys. Uh, we've been going for a bit, uh, but really great discussion. Uh, thank you for everybody for participating uh, in the chat. Sounds like it was, uh, it was hype and people were, were, were chiming in. So, I love that. Uh, yeah.
0: uh, sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, I was saying it was a busy, busy chat today. It was live. Yeah, was yeah busy chat. In, lively chat. So. Perfect. Really love,
1: appreciate it. love it. Love it. Guys. Yeah, absolutely. We love you the interaction, guys. Uh obviously we will be back uh next Monday. We definitely I we're talking Apple TV deals, so remind me about that, Jeff put that in the rundown. Uh we'll have two games to sort of go over. <laughs> two games mm-hmm. to go over on Monday. Obviously, a cup our fi- cup semifinal. Uh, This Wednesday at home against Montreal, and then uh, on the 24th, fifth. I'm so bad on schedule. Who are we playing on Saturday? (laughs) Atlanta. Oh my god. Yes, Atlanta. Atlanta. It is Atlanta. Yeah. 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 For some reason, I have Atlanta next week, but it is this week. Uh, So we are playing Atlanta at home on Saturday. Uh, And then, of course, the Tunnel Club uh, will be back also on uh, Sunday for a day after reaction show. And we probably will also be doing a day uh, reaction show for the Cup semifinal on Thursday. Uh, So check uh, at uh, TFC Tunnel Club uh, for when exactly we're going to drop that and the Twitter uh, Twitter spaces link uh, for that. Um, But on behalf of Michael Singh and Jeffrey Bunesker, my name is Mike Newell. Thank you for listening, guys, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers.
0: And week, guys. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.